If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Hallelujah. Good stuff. All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Revelation chapter 1. How did Pastor Brandon do last week? Need to fix any theological theological errors or anything? He keep it. He keep it. Did he preach the Bible? Okay, all right. That's all that matters. Now, I'm grateful to God for Pastor Brandon, his my right hand man, and I don't I don't know what I'd do without him because uh, it's not easy to leave uh, to not be here on a Sunday morning. It really, really is. I I, I always kind of wondered about that when I was just on just when I was on staff, I should say church, and um, when, when the pastor would talk about Sunday morning and, and how important that was, and, uh, and now I realize just how extremely important that is, um, and uh, how important it is to leave it in good hands, and, uh, but when I'm, when I'm away and Pastor Brandon's speaking, preaching here for you, I, it's like I'm here, and uh, I don't even, I don't have to worry about anything uh, going wrong or be concerned, and oh God, please help them, it's nothing like that, there's no fear. And I, I'm telling you, I am fortunate to have a man like that in my life to be able to know that he's here, he's got it, he's going to feed you right and uh, give you the word. So, amen. Can we give this guy a big hand too, Pastor Brandon? He rocks and he rolls. Amen. All right. So, Revelation. We're, we're, we're continuing our series that we started a few weeks ago called Kings and Priests. Now, let me just let you know right now, I know what time it is, so you don't have to worry about that. The, the fact that I know what time it is, I know it really doesn't make a difference. Apparently, you know, you know, like the kid said, Dad, what does it mean when the preacher looks at his watch? Absolutely nothing, son. Is what it, but, uh, <laughs> but I do want to get some things to you today. Um, I think this is going to really bless you. And uh, Revelation chapter 1 has been our foundational scripture for this teaching, I'll give a little recap, and then we'll get into some, some new things, okay? What time do the Cowboys play? Who cares? Okay, Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Ooh, I'd like to just think about that for a moment. He loved us, and he washed us from our sins. In his own blood. What an amazing love. That scripture that Crystal was reading from Isaiah 55, amazing today that God said, I will make my everlasting covenant with you a covenant of love. Amen. He has loved you and I with an everlasting love. The reason that you are here today, the reason that you were formed in your mother's womb, the reason that you were born is so that God could know you and you could know God. That's basically the structure of your existence, why you're really here. And everything else, you know, is, is just kind of, you know, bonus. But really, the, the, the essence of who we are, why we are here, is to connect to God, to know Him, and to know this love that goes beyond time, that goes beyond this lifetime, and exceeds in an infinite way. <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on, and it's never going to stop. Forever, the Scripture says, in the ages to come, He's going to unfold the riches of His grace to us. Right? So we, it's really hard for us to grasp this grace. We can, we, can, we can grab a hold of it and get some understanding of it, 
But there's so much yet to be unfolded and to be revealed and to be known to us. And I'm, I mean, so far, so good, right? I mean, is the gospel the greatest thing in the world? I mean, at least in this, in this, in, on this planet, the gospel is the greatest thing. It's the greatest news that anyone could ever hear because it's actual, authentic, good news. Right? There's, there's stuff out there that sounds like good news, but then we've come to the, the, the cynical side of life and say things like this. That sounds too good to be true. And if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. Right? Amen. Or the phrase, all good things must come to an end. Right? Because that's the good that the earth and its system can offer. But the goodness of God, mm-mm. It never ends. If goodness ends, then he ends. Because the scripture says God is good and he does good. It also says that Christ has become our high priest of the good things to come. So as long as Jesus is our high priest, then good things are coming. Are you catching that? And the gospel is this. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The end. That's the message. That's the gospel. That's the good news. There are, there are no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Now, it's sad to say a lot of preachers and a lot of people that come up in various backgrounds uh, try to add things to it so to, as to give it, as to help people live right. But I, I, let me just say this right here. I cannot help you any better than the gospel can. All right? I'm a fool if I think, if I add rules and regulations to the gospel, that you're going to get better. I am a fool if I think that. The gospel in itself is all the power unto salvation to those who believe. All we simply do is believe the gospel, and then we, its power is released in our lives. And that power is everlasting life. That power is a holy uh, nature that is in us now. Christ has come and lived in us. Think about it. The Holy Spirit lives in you. I want you to grab a hold of that for a moment. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Not just any spirit. The Holy. His first name is Holy. All right? The Holy Spirit lives in you. That's how, that's how changed that you are that God feels comfortable enough, think about it, to come and live on the inside of you. He believes in what Jesus did for you. He believes that he did wash you those sins away from you. He believes that you are thorough and complete in Christ. Right now, if you are a child of God, you are as righteous right now as you will ever be. Amen. As you will ever be. You cannot do more things to get more righteous. Jesus had to do everything. That Jesus did everything that was necessary for you to come into the fullness of righteousness. And see, what that happens for us now, because our nature changed, then that causes us then to want to live the right kind of life, to make the right kind of decisions, to have the kind of family and home that God's called us to, to, to do our work and do it with all of our might for the Lord, and to not cheat the system and to not lie. Those that that it's a it's a ever-present help God is. The Spirit is always guiding us into all truth. And it's that grace that is released to us that liberates us to live out from under the bondage of sin. Extraordinary. He loved us and He washed us. And, verse 6, I haven't forgotten where we are. 
verse 6, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I'm looking at a room full of kings and priests, mostly kings. Now, you might not, this might be a new thought to you to think, I'm a king. Absolutely, you are. Called by God to be a king. Called by God. Just as much as I'm called into the priesthood or into full-time ministry, so are you called to be a king. Now, um, I've talked to you the last couple of weeks about what that means, what the role of the king is and what the role of the priest is. I don't have time to get into all that, but you can go to onecausechurch.com, click on our podcast button, and we've got all of our sermons free for you to download and you can catch up. Because it's important that you understand the foundational things of this teaching in order to really grasp it. But see, God, the thing about the church is, and I, I love the church, the church is... I'm a church man. But, you know, through the years, I found that the church really has overemphasized the full-time ministry calling and done very little about the king's calling. And so we have this, this, this overdeveloped priesthood and a very underdeveloped kingship. And so there's lots of unsatisfied kings sitting in, the, in churches all over the world and not really realizing their purpose and their call. And they've been made to feel in a not-so-subtle way to feel kind of like second-class citizens if they're not in full-time ministry. And, and that's such a lie. All right? We are all called in this kingdom to be kings and priests. Now, we live our lives on, on two levels, basically. You have a personal life, and in your personal life, you'll kind of function in both of these roles, uh, especially as a, as a father, that you're going to be priestly and that you pray over your children, you intercede and all those kinds of things, but, but you also are a king as well, and you declare things and you decree things. But in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God, the church, you will function either as a king or a priest. And you might say, well, I don't know what I am. Well, if you're here today and you're not in full-time ministry, hello, king. And if you feel like, well, pastor, I feel like maybe the Lord wants me to get into full-time ministry, then I want to tell you, get there. Get there then. Because whatever God has called you to do, get there and bear fruit. All right? The sooner you're in it, the better it is for you. All right? And, it, and, and one of the saddest things, though, uh, that, that I've seen also is that priests try to function as kings or kings try to function as priests. And that does nothing but damage and bring confusion to the body of Christ. All right? Paul teaches us clearly, and we'll talk about this later on in, in 1 Corinthians, about being staying in your calling. From where you were first called, stay there. All right? But um, last week we talked about, or two weeks ago, talked about the scripture out of Proverbs 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no vision... The people perish. That word perish means to cast off restraint or to live scattered, aimless lives. All right? Where there's no vision, the people. This isn't just a personal vision. This is a group vision. This is a vision for the people. Are you catching this? And that word vision means to stay in your lane. And you remember I gave the video about the, the, the team from uh, Jamaica, the mile relay team, or the, I think it was the mile relay team, or maybe it was this, the 400 meter or they passed the baton anyway. Uh, no, it was the sprint because they had to stay in their lane, and the, the runner got out of her lane, and their, their whole team was disqualified and couldn't go to the final because one runner got out of their lane, and all of them were affected by that. All right? So this teaches us, and then the Scripture says that we are all in a race. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says we are all in a race, and while we're in this race, run for the prize. I mean, if you're going to be in it, go for gold, huh? Go for go. Thank you for your enthusiasm this morning. Go for the prize. And, and you know, what, what is that prize? Well, Paul says that I press toward the mark 
for the prize of the upward call or the high calling of God. The call of God on your life is the prize to obtain. All right? That's the prize to obtain. So what God has done for you and I is before we were ever formed in our mother's womb, he knew us, he called us before we were born, and he put us in our lane and said, now run your race and stay in your lane. All right? So um, I've got to move forward past that now. That, that's, that, those are things that we've covered, but I do want to give one scripture, John 18, verse 37. And, and this is one of the, this is the primary scripture, actually, that really provoked us to change our name to One Cause Church. And this is Jesus standing before Pilate, and I just want to get the latter part of the scripture. And Jesus says to Pilate, For this cause I was born. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into this world. And ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. And he was sold out to that cause even in his dying breath. Don't forget, there were two other men that were crucified with Jesus. One on each side. They were both thieves. And both of them were there because they rightly were there, because they committed a crime. But here Jesus, who committed no crime, who knew no sin, yet became sin for us. He hung there, an innocent man, and one of the thieves noticed that there was something different about him. At first they were both uh, reviling him. And then as time went by, one of them said, whoa, 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 hang on a second. Something's different about this guy because he's listening to things that Jesus is saying. He's hearing this love and grace. Hear him say things like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And this man looks over at Jesus while they're in the throes of death and he says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, that, that's audacious, isn't it? Isn't that pretty audacious of him? After basically doing what he's done and spending his life in crime, and now he's, he's paying his, the, the ultimate price for it, to look over at Jesus like there's an ounce of hope for him. Lord, remember me when you're coming to your kingdom. Oh, 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 okay, now you want in. Right? I'm just saying what, what men would say to him, all right? I'm just saying what people would say. Oh, well, okay, well, why don't you spend some time confessing your sins? He don't have that kind of time. I mean, this guy's a minutes away from being done. And as Jesus is also suffering in agony for that guy's sins as well as everybody else's, what that guy didn't realize is that Jesus is paying for what that guy did too. And that man looks over him and says, Lord, remember me when you're coming to your kingdom. And Jesus looks at him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. What an amazing love. He's not counting this guy's sins against him. He's not making, oh, no, you got to be real sincere. I think that's about as sincere as you can get, right? Yeah. And think about what this guy has to offer Jesus. What does he have to offer? Lord, if you'll remember me when you come into your kingdom, I'll serve you the rest of my life. The next five minutes are yours. All right, I mean, how, he has nothing to offer Jesus. He only has something to gain in Jesus 
invites him into his kingdom with him. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. This is Jesus, the Christ, sold out to his cause. I will build my church. And even in his dying breath, he's continuing to build his church. He's continuing to add to it as he's leaving this earth. Amazing, an amazing God that we serve. And see, listen, let me say something to you today. The same cause that Jesus was born for, you were born for. Second Timothy Chapter 1, verse 8. Let's look at that for a moment. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. You know, the truth is, a thousand years from now, nobody's going to care who wins the Cowboys game today. Might not even be that many who care tonight. But definitely a thousand. But a thousand years from now, the cause for the king and his kingdom is still going to be fully going. Huh? And what you do for the cause of the king and his kingdom will remain will still be intact. That fruit will still be alive. Amen. So, first, second, what did I say? Second Timothy 1. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. This is Paul writing. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Is that, is us, us in this room here today? Huh? Who saved us? And anybody saved here today? Raise your hand. Let me see your hand real high. If you're here and you're saved today, what is, well, what does that mean to be saved? Well, it means you believe the gospel. What I just told you. All right. All right. Well, keep your hand up for a moment. All right. With that saying, who's called here today? Good. Okay. So you got the scripture then. If you're saved, then you're called. That's what it basically says, right? God doesn't save you, and go. I don't know what else to do with you. I didn't even expect you to come into this deal. Right? No. He saved you, he called you, all right? Look, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. So you're saved and you're called by God's purpose. Amen. That's glorious. And grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So it's critical that you and I both, all of us here today, get in our call and we bear fruit. Hallelujah. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I still know what time it is. Let's look at verse 10 here. On, uh, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. This guy's confident in what he's done, isn't he? I love Paul. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. See, when you heard the gospel that Christ died for your sins, he was buried and he rose again from the dead. And the moment you believed on that, the foundation was laid. All right? Christ, your foundation. Let's continue, though. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, which foundation were we just talking about? Jesus is the foundation. If anyone builds on this foundation of Jesus Christ with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare. What does that mean? Well, that's the final day when we all give an account of our life to God. It, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Verse 14, if anyone's work which he has built on it, on what? Christ Jesus, the foundation, endures. If that work endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Why? Because we're not saved by our works. We're saved by Jesus' work. 
right? We're saved by grace through faith. For he himself would be saved, yet so as through fire. So this, this is an amazing thing to me about the grace of God and about our relationship with him is that we have the ability, not, not, not we have the ability, not the uh, God-designed way to live, but we do have the ability to build on this foundation works that will all be burned away. I mean, what a sad life that is. To receive this free gift of grace, to receive this new life in Christ, this abundant life, and then to just live our lives for ourselves. And then when we stand before God, all the works that we, that we produce, which basically were for ourselves and whatever else, we're not connected to the vision, we're not connected to the cause of Christ, to stand there and watch them all be burned away and have no rewards. Yeah, we're going to heaven. There are no rewards, though. See, why? I, that's amazing to me. Isn't heaven reward enough? Well, it's not our reward in the first place. You going to heaven is not your reward for something good you've done. You going to heaven is Jesus' reward for what he did. You're all his prize. You're all his trophies. Amen. Hallelujah. So what, that's what we're trying to do. That's why we're here, to, to get Jesus what he paid for, what he earned. And we're trying to bring as many people into the kingdom for his glory, for his reward. Amen? But, I mean, isn't that amazing enough? But then that God would kind of almost bribe us a little bit to say there's rewards that you can earn for there. And that's why Jesus said, hey, we don't lay up treasures here. We lay up treasures in heaven. All right? Live your life for that life because here's the thing. This life, think about how we live our lives uh, basically as Americans, right? We have, I'm going to take this microphone off of here. Can I use? No. I wish I had a free hand. But, okay, let's say that this, this cord is eternity, all right? And this is your life here on the earth. And think about how our system is set up to, to live our life, and, and right here is the good part. This is what we're 401Ks. This is what we're storing everything up for, right? For that much of life. Putting all this stuff aside for this few years, when all of this is still yet to be lived, hmm? Just help putting it into perspective for you. Now, what are we living for? Wood, hay, and stubble, or gold, and silver, and precious stones that endure? The fire. Hmm. He is going to give us reward. I don't know what those rewards are. I was telling the earlier service, one of those rewards is a white stone. A white stone. I have no idea what that means, but I want one. I want a white rock. If Jesus is handing that thing out, I want it. Revelation chapter 3, you can find a white stone. Oh, cool. Okay, I need that, apparently. All right. So God has given us then this, this amazing thing called the church, the kingdom of God, to invest our lives into and has put us together as kings and priests. The primary role of the priest is to provide vision. 
And the primary role of the king is to provide provision for that vision. And we're partnered together and we're expanding the kingdom of God by getting this gospel to the regions and beyond. As I said before, we're, we're now on TV in South Africa and we're hitting an audience of about 7 million people. I mean, right here, as we gather here, we're touching the world. Hallelujah. What a great day we're living in. And, and I, I, the word work here, and I want you to just listen to me for a couple more minutes, all right? This scripture says, if it talks about our works that will go through that, it will be tested by that fire. Some works will be burned, the other works, the good works will endure. The word work means, it's the, word, the Greek word ergon, E-R-G-O-N, and it means business, employment, enterprise, anything accomplished by hand, art, industry, or mind. So in other words, if what you're doing in business your place of employment, your, your gifts, your arts, and all those kinds of things, if they're not connected to the cause of Christ, if they're not connected to the vision, to the church, to the kingdom, they're going to burn away. And God says that my eyes are in the house and my heart is in it always. My eyes are on it and my heart is in it always. I want to be, I want my life invested in where God, God's eyes are on and what his heart is in. Yeah. Huh? Amen. This encourages me. So if these things that we are living for must be connected to an eternal, our eternal purpose. Randy Lazenby took me dove hunting this weekend. We had a great time. Um, we went out to Lake Brownwood and, uh, and uh, to shoot some birds. I shot at them. He shot them. It was raining on us while we were there on Friday. And, uh, and it just continued. As we're sitting out, on, I'm sitting on this tree line and sitting in this chair, and it's raining down on me, and a bird would come by, and I, and I would take a shot at it. But I told the guys I'm partly responsible for the continuation of the rain because I'm knocking holes in those clouds not hitting any birds, so uh, I do apologize for that. But yesterday, we had a really nice day. The sun came out, and so we were, we were uh, hunting again. And uh, after, after all was said and done, <laughs> out of all the things, I, I love hunting, and it's one of my favorite. I especially love deer hunting. But one of the things that I'm not good at is a shotgun. I just don't have that much experience. And a shotgun, you get most potential with, Right? I mean, you get a lot of spray, a lot of bullets come out of that, a lot of kill comes out of the shot, but I'm just not very good at it. Um, but I'm going to be with much practice. But I'm sitting in this chair, and I'm, you know, taking my shots at whatever comes by, and at the end of the day, we finished up, I look down, and I start picking up the shells um, to, put, to throw away, and I count 40 of them. And I look in my bag where the birds are, and I have killed five birds. I don't know how good odds that is. It didn't feel very good. And I thought, wow, 35 misses and five hits. Right? I, had the, I had the right machinery, didn't I? I had the gun. I had the bullets. I just didn't have any aim. Right? When God has called you, He's given you all the resources. He's given you all the ability, the gifting that you need. You just got to aim it right. You've got you've to let it 
know its purpose. You have to know that it is according to God's purpose that you are here. It is for His glory. It is for the King. It is for His kingdom. It is for His cause. And we are all in that flow. And if you're not in that flow, you're shooting a lot of shots, but you're missing. Hmm. But God gives us all the grace to accomplish this amazing call. And I want to encourage you to let everything that you do be done for His glory. Examine why you're doing what you're doing. Is it bearing fruit for eternity? Is it increasing the kingdom? Is it invested into the body of Christ? Because listen to me. We will all stand before Him. We will. We'll stand before Him and give an account for the gift of life that He has given us. As you're sitting there, there's a little bit of motion going on with you besides scratching or whatever. As you're sitting there, let's just sit still for just a second. Just get real still. But there's something in you that's not still. You have to breathe. All of you are doing this, expanding and contracting. And every time you take that breath in, you take in a gift from God. What will you exhale for Him? That's your give back. Every day that we live is a gift from God. Let me just say this to you today. You woke up today. Some people didn't. This day is a gift from Him. Get in your call and bear fruit in it with everything that is in you. Seek Him. Ask Him for His help. Help Him. That, that he, I mean, ask Him to help you to, sh- to show you. Show you. God, show me. Because let me tell you, you might think that it, if you'll get in this certain place, this certain position, you'll do this, then you can really do something. You can do it now. You can do something now. God's calling isn't waiting for you to get to that certain place. It's now. Before you were formed, it's now. Say that with me. It's now. It's now. Because I want to say something that it's now for our church. It's now for this house. God is doing miracles in this house right now. God is doing wonderful things in this house. And I see just on the, just on the horizon something. We're about to step into something from going to a walk one step from the other, God is taking us into a leaps and bounds kind of season as a church. I'm telling you that because I, I know that God has already begun to release things to us by His grace. I want to share this and I'll finish. Remember when I told you when I was in South Africa on June the 2nd, I was standing in a church service and the pastor was receiving the offering for the, for the church that day, the, the tithes and offerings, and I was caught up in a vision and I was looking over this property, actually. It was, a, it was strange. It was all, in, I mean, it was 
all happening so fast. And I was up in the air. I was looking at this property. I knew immediately that God was dealing with me about something. So I said, Lord, what are you saying to me? And he told me the reason that you have not seen the financial breakthrough that you're believing for and you're confessing is because you haven't released the debt that is owed this church. And I knew exactly what he was talking about because of a deal that went, we had some property downtown and a deal went bad. The man who was purchasing the property from us went into foreclosure, uh, lost the building, and he went bankrupt. And so we were owed somewhere around the neighborhood of $650,000. And we've just been kind of waiting to see if any of that would, would be resolved because we didn't want to go to court or, over that or anything. But time has gone by. And... And 2008 hit, we had purchased 12 acres, and we were going to develop property just uh, east of us over here. And we bought that acreage at $660,000. And so here we sat with building plans. We had property, and we had no way to build because the money was gone. And so once in a while, I would remind the man that owed us, I'd send him an email, hey, what's going on? And... I'm sorry, I have nothing for you. So as I'm standing there in South Africa, and I hear the Lord say, I want you to release that man of the debt and call it seed in the ground. And uh, spiritually, there was like lightning went through me, but physically, I was sick. I mean, it felt like somebody had punched me in the gut really hard. So I knew it was God. I just knew it was. I, I I wanted to wish it away, but he wouldn't let me. And so I shared that with the church there after they introduced me to speak. And I said, hey, something miraculous just happened to me. I, I, it's a very painful miracle, but this just happened. Um, and I shared with them. And the church is like, yeah, they're rejoicing, right? And I'm like, you're rejoicing. Wait till I tell One Cause Church uh, this story. Uh, so I was riding the excitement wave there until I got home. And I shared it with the board. The board unanimous, unanimously said, God spoke to you. We're going with it. And then I shared it with you guys, and you guys got excited too. And God is not a liar. God is true to his word. In 2008, we had per- we'd purchased that property in 2007, like I said, $660,000. The next year, in 2008, when our economy began to turn downward, it was worth $380,000. And money got tight as a result because everybody was just kind of holding on at that moment to see what was going to happen. So giving became smaller in our church. And so we had the temptation, I'm telling you, I had the temptation to just do a quick sell on the property so that we could keep going. But I just couldn't do it. I didn't have peace about it. Even though we might have had opportunity, I just didn't feel right about us losing on that deal too. The next year it went up to about $480,000. And right now on the tax roll, it stands around $540,000 or so. We've just been kind of waiting to see, waiting, waiting to see what God's going to do. June, that happened. June. Well, a developer bought all the acreage around our 12 acres, 187 acres, to begin developing homes in the very near future. I was approached by their realtor that they were interested in that 12 acres so that they could square off their project. And I'm happy to report to you that last week I signed a contract to sell our property at $750,000. Hallelujah. 
Never, ever, have we ever had an offer like that, ever. And I just can't help but keep going back to that moment when the Lord said, turn it into seed, turn it into seed, and things began to happen for this church. And I saw that God has been wanting to get involved with this in a lot bigger way. Are you hearing me? He got my attention big time. I'm not going to tell you the other part of the news yet because it's not time. I just want to tell you this. Don't get too comfortable here. Okay. Amen. Let's, can we all just bow our heads for a moment? Father, I want to say thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you, Lord, for this gathering of kings and priests in this house today. Thank you, Father God, for this partnership that you have designed. That is that we come together, vision and provision together, for the good of the kingdom, for the cause of the king and his kingdom. Lord, I thank you that you bless every household that is here, God. I thank you, Lord, that we have the blessing of Abraham upon us. Not only are we made righteous by faith, but we are blessed and we will be a blessing. And we thank you, Lord, for this time for One Cause Church, a time of harvest, much seed sown, and now a time for reaping. Not only in resources and buildings and things like that, but for the people of our city. We thank you, Father God, that this church is designed to be a great light in this community, a city set on a hill which cannot be hidden. We thank you, Lord, that you be glorified in our midst and that you are on our side. Bless these kings as they go out to war this week. May they prosper, may they increase, and may they do what they do for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 a.m., 11 a.m., or 1 p.m., and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Please visit onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at One Cause Church. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.